This week's episode of the Lo-Fi Top 5 is brought to you by Manscaped. It's bathing suit season, y'all. Sun's out, gun's out. That means you got to be on your self-care game. Enter Manscaped. Listen, the folks at Manscaped were cool enough to send us the Performance Package 4.0. It's got the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer for that body shave. It's got the Weed Whacker for your ear and nose. It's got the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, some toner, a pair of boxers, a travel bag. Listen, whether you need to take care of some manscaping yourself or got someone in your life who does, this is your answer. These trimmers are waterproof. They're going to make you smooth, clean, more aerodynamic for that inevitable belly flop you still do to make your friends laugh. I'm using these products myself and genuinely I actually love them. Like way less nicks and missed spots. So much easier than messing around with razors, especially in those special bits. Uh, Manscaped is a lo-fi favorite, guys. Get 20% off at Manscaped and free shipping with promo code LOFI at Manscaped.com. That's LOFI at Manscaped.com. Now, on to the episode. It's astounding. Time is fleeting. Jeremy, we're back, buddy. It's been a long, long time. It's it's too long. It's been too long. It's been too long. If only we could take some of that time back. I wish we could like go back in time and do it again. <laughs> well, that was the easiest segue ever. Welcome to the top five. What I'm, what I put in my note as the time travel verse. Okay. Yeah, I just That's have time travel it. episode, but time travel verse works too because there's definitely some verses that are going to happen here. I think there's no way to avoid that. Well, just just to be clear, we did agree that multiverse movies count. We did. We did. The only thing that we okay. didn't include was timey-wimeyness and, right. and infinite loops. No loops. No looping. What about loop? Or- <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're losing audiences by the second here. Uh, so, uh, you know, how was, uh, how was your list making this week, JT? You always ask me that first. How was, I'm going to put you right on the spot, though, buddy. Uh, surprisingly easy. Actually, same, um, same, it was kind of like, oh, okay, time travel movies, whammy. And then it was just off to the races, and it was kind of simple. So I'm assuming for you it was the same. Pretty much. Uh, I did uh, I did right away. I was like, oh, do you think there's a Shawshank? And then you were looking at me like, is there a Shawshank? Come on. Yeah. And I'm like, of course. What? Oh, oh yeah, there's a Shawshank. That was my right. rediscovery of... A movie that uh, celebrated a recent birthday would be my assumption. So that's the 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 reason this episode actually happened is because the Shawshank for both of us is Back to the Future. Uh, what? It, it came out on July third, nineteen eighty five, which is my birthday, and so uh, you know, happy Back to the Future Day is what a lot of people text me on my birthday because that was more important than my birth, and that's probably true. <laughs> I mean, it's sad to think it's more likely to be the thing that stands the test of time. I mean, it certainly has had a larger impact on the world. (laughs) Yeah. I got nothing. (laughs) My my claim to fame is the same birthday as Alexander Graham Bell. That's about... Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. The phone guy, everybody. I think Tom Cruise has my birthday. Oh. Oh. Mm. So that's just breezing right through the Shawshank, which for uh, newer listeners is our category definer... Go back to episode one to find out why, please. Correct. Don't really. You don't have to. It's cool. It's just what we call it. I have sort of, I put in like a, a an ish in my Shawshank. I have a second entry this week, JT. Okay. I'm ready. I'm giving it an ish because it is technically in the category 
in every way. It's a, it's a, is is a clear entry in this category. At the same time, the more I was making the list, the less this movie in particular actually leans into the time travel aspect of its own story. It's just sort of a fait accompli, as they might say. It's just sort of the the, the background of the narrative. Whereas all the rest of the movies I picked, you know, the time travel elements kind of keep going through the storyline. Okay. Does that make sense? Sure. But I also will say it's also a movie I've talked about many times and would make every list of every possible kind it could possibly qualify on. And so this movie I will just call um, as a little five-word game for you, my friend, Eradicator's Second. Eradicator's oh, uh, uh, T2, Terminator 2. Judgment Day. Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Sure. It is definitely a time travel story, but reality is it's sort of just set in its own time. Like, it happens once. You, you've got some flash forwards to the to the future that never happened, and that opening scene is just amazing. Yep. But um, I kind of want to just move it along because I love the movie. I've talked about it many, many times now, and I have some movies I have not talked about to talk about. When we talk about the movies. So uh, I actually have T2 on my Fast Five for that reason. I was just like, yeah, it's, it is, but it's not. But it is, but it's not. But it is, but it's not. <laughs> yeah. So I think I start this week, my friend. I trust you implicitly because I never know. All right. So we have, is this the one I want to do first? Yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to open in a fun way, my friend. Well, I love that. Okay. Second return of not the past. Back to the future two. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> kind of obvious. Um, I've always had a soft spot for this movie. I actually think it is one of the better uh, implementations of dealing with multiple timelines in the same story. I think it was the first movie I could remember and I, and I did then go looking so I couldn't find anything else where you actually see the impact of going back in time and then the future, like the Biff scary verse or whatever that is. Right. <laughs> right. Um, you know, it's uh, you, you, you hadn't seen that before. I thought it was really well done, really cleverly done. Biff grabbing the, uh, the, 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 the almanac, the sports almanac thing, Yep. you know, and then, the mere fact that it also went back into its own timeline and set itself into its own movie, like those scenes where they, I guess they CGI'd him into Back to the Future Part One. Yep. Or just Back to the Future, as we call it. Uh, I think, uh, I think you hadn't seen anything like that before. And I actually remember the impact that had. People were watching that like, whoa, what are they doing here? You know, this is pre Forrest Gump where they then master that effect. Yep. So uh, so it's the much not talked about sequel kind of movie. In fact, for a long time, I'm curious what, what your sort of generational perspective was. But for a long time, people loved part three a lot more than part two. So that is definitely my memory of it because the Wild West is awesome and <laughs> timey-wimeyness was less interesting. So like... Two definitely happened, but didn't like land for me versus three, which I have like very, very definitive memories of that movie for some reason. And I don't know why. And I actually think it's your generation that made three the more um, 
well regarded of the of the trilogy. Whereas I'm going to argue I've seen all three recently, and two holds up far better, and and is worth another shot. Two is fun to watch, especially because of all the things that they get wrong about the future in in both the good version and the bad version. It's just kind of fun, right? Yeah, I mean, listen, the, the most important thing about Back to the Future Part 2 is Billy Zane. Let's just be clear. True. True. <laughs> Billy Billy Zane. Uh, when was the last time you saw the second and third? I'm oh, curious. it's been a while. It's 10 plus years for sure. Okay. For okay. sure. I've seen I've seen Back to the Future probably in the last like three. Like that's a movie that I wind like I'd say probably every like three to four years. It's like, oh yeah, I'll probably watch that movie again. Yeah. But yeah, I've not seen the only thing I saw. Oh no, wait. What um they did that release of the sneakers like five right. years ago. I watched it then. I watched it. Okay. Then. So I'm gonna go with uh I don't think I've ever done this before where where two movies in the same trilogy get mentioned in the same episode. But I well, had to go there. Definitely a first, and I didn't see it coming, and I love that. So big fan. Well done. Thank you, buddy. What you got? I'm gonna get one out of the way because I know you you know it's on my list because I begged you to watch it, and so I'm just gonna like move right past this. But uh Oh wait, that's not what I was thinking you were about to say. Oh, okay. So my five words are middle of hand water springs. Stores. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought Palm Springs counts into Groundhog Day time loop movies. It like, does. Because that's what it is. It does. But I just, I, I want more people to see this movie and I don't care. So I broke the rule. Ah, crap. I would have put it on the list. It's I really so enjoyed good. it. It was a lot of fun. Like I couldn't believe, because there's also, yeah. I mean, look, it's definitely a time loopy movie and like it for sure. It just is. And I know that and it is a Groundhog Day thing, but I like this. I cannot believe my friend Frank told me to watch it. I was like, I'm not a huge Andy Samberg fan. I'm not like not a fan of his. Like Brooklyn Nine Nine's hysterical, and all the Lonely Island stuff is great. But I, I don't know. I just like he's a uh, he was basically just that generation's Adam Sandler, and I was around for Adam Sandler. So you know, it's kind of like derivative work, but still funny. This movie's hysterical. It's hysterical. It's very good. Yeah. So even though I said no time loopy things, it's the first one. I'm just going to break the rules immediately. It'll be my only time loopy thing, but my man, it was good. It was so good. Yeah. J.K. Simmons, by the way. Oh, crushed it. I, I don't know. You know, he's not a that guy anymore. No. And I know sort of everybody kind of likes him, but I just want to see him like all the time. Yeah, he doesn't miss. Yeah, like he never all JK misses. all the time. Yeah, I mean the other thing that I love about this movie is uh, Christine Milotti or whatever her name is was great. Like she was like this. This was very well cast. Like she was yeah. so good. Like it was just really really fun, and it was actually really sweet. And I cannot recommend it enough. I want more people to see it because I feel like a lot a lot of people see it. Like I br- I bring it up a lot, and people are like oh, I've never heard of it. I'm like it's because it's a Hulu original, and they didn't like market it well enough because it's like really funny. Yeah, this is one of those Hulu should have spent like three months where it's like the top banner in the carousel or yeah. whatever and like see this movie. It's it is I agree by the way, and Andy Sandberg at his best in every way. Yep. Acting and stuff. Yeah, you know, he got to lean him. all the way into the Sandberg. And listen, this is I know we don't reference this anymore because we don't care. It's an 83 on Metacritic, which for a comedy is real high. <laughs> yeah. Sounds about right. Yeah, it's about, about right. right. I think I gave it an eight on IMDb, so that's, yeah. It's really good. Tracking. Tracking. Love it. All righty. That's a fun pick. I'm I'm going to go with one I don't think you'll see coming. Okay. Just because I want to try that one more time. 
it's funny because there's only the sort of the same words that kind of are going to keep keep using. Um, <laughs> time of not past, not future. Uh, X Men Days of Future Past. Yes. Okay, on my list. On your list. Yeah. It's a movie I don't think you and I have ever discussed. Not I don't once. think we've ever even talked about the X Men franchise. I mean, even like socially, like not forget the podcast, like. No, it was, we've never really talked about the old stuff. We haven't. Nope. I have no idea your perspective on this. So is this your top five or is this just in Pong or what? So it's in my top five, but I have a, a bit about it. So, but I want you to go first. All right. So this is a classic X-Men comic series. If you've never read it, that's fine. It's basically the movie with a couple of differences. They swapped out which characters were responsible for a couple of other things. So it wasn't, it was Rogue, it was Kitty Pride, and a couple other stuff like that. But it, does, it didn't really matter from the movie's perspective. Like only comic book nerds like me would have would have noticed, and and it didn't matter because they took it to such an interesting place. And I love what they did with the future Sentinels, right? The future shapeshifting, especially when you look at the time when this movie came out. You know, this is still. I'm not going to go with mediocre CGI, but it wasn't quite as world building as we have with like the MCU and things like that. So phenomenal use of the tech to make a compelling uh, a visual experience, but a great story. Well, well, I mean, again, the, the whole X-Men franchise, I think, has been phenomenally cast, mm. even though most of the movies are... This, this is almost like the Star Trek series. It's like every other movie is good. The, the, uh, the, the role, uh, Peter Dinklage's role in here was a lot of fun, especially because this is before he was like, everybody knew his name. Yep. So I really liked it. I liked also that they did have nods to the original Sentinels and just the way they went back and forth in time here, I thought was really fun and, and creative and the way that they kind of, uh, without spoiling, but just the way the ending sort of fits into the timeline of stuff. I thought was also really creatively done some fun cameos in the movie. And I watched it with the kids recently and they really liked it. They had no context. They hadn't seen any X-Men stuff. And it held up entirely. So, Days of Future Past. What's your what's your bit, buddy? So, I'm going to ask you a question first. Do you have any other Marvel movies in your top five? Maybe. Okay. Depends, so, depends, so, what, depends what you do, but my current list does not have them there. Okay. So, then <laughs> all I'll say is this. So, I have this movie and I have two other Marvel movies too. And I was okay. going to kind of string all of them together and say – this is what, like, my issue is in every instance, this one being the best version. This is the best version of time travel they've ever done. Hard stop. Okay. Like, I think it's better than any of the multiverse. Like, I think this is actually the best version of it. That said, there is stuff in this that I didn't love too. And so what I did is I picked the three movies from Marvel that I like the most. And I was just going to, like, package them as a single when Marvel does time travel well. But this was actually my anchor. Like, this is the anchor. This is the one that I think was closest. So you're cheating again. Yeah. All right. All right. So do you want to do that work. whole bit now? Like, which of the things? No, no, no. Let's, let's, let's keep, I'll, I'll wait till the very end. Because you, basically everything you said is why I love this movie. I thought it was, I really like the nod to the comics in this. Like, they really, I thought, did it justice. With, again, a yeah. couple small things. I always hated Anna Pack and his rogue, too. It just didn't. That's the only casting choice I've ever made where I was just like, no. I just like it just wasn't right for me. Mm -hmm. uh, that 
aside, Jennifer Lawrence was incredible in this. Nicholas Holt was incredible in this. I loved the flip-flop between the Xavier's and the Charles. It was really, really fun. Like, just great. Like, I really think this was brilliantly done. It's a super fun movie that definitely holds up, like, in a really cool way. So, nice. firmly planted in the top five. And you have, but there's something hinky about this one, or you're cool with it? So, it's not hinky. Um, the, I, I have a little, I have some sentinel issues in this because the, the hink here is, I feel like this is like, it's not quite a Moana plot problem, but it's like, they could have just fixed this. I feel like they could have fixed this. I don't know how, I don't, I haven't put a lot of thought into it, but even the first time I watched it, I'm like, nah, I feel like there's a better way to do this. I feel like you're, this is harder than it needs to be. I feel like you could just fix this in the world you're in now and not have to do this whole, this whole shtick. You've in the... Future world where like the Sentinels are all like super powerful and kill the X-Men every time they try. Right. Yeah. That time. Yeah. I think that was the whole point. Yeah. I disagree. I just don't like it. Okay. <laughs> Understood. <laughs> I, I do have the other Marvel movies overall in the list. I just put, didn't put any of the rest of them in the top five. So the, the, the thing that was tough is that there's like three, maybe there's two, definitely maybe three that stand out where I'm like, could have made an argument for why they belong on the top in the top five for sure. The multiverse thing starts to get tough because it's like, at what point is a time travel versus not time travel? Like, is it entirely multiverse? Like, you know, is it just parallel? I don't know. Like, I didn't know how to cut. I didn't really know how to judge that. Like, I didn't know where to put it. Okay. This to me is time travel. Like if this is the time travel episode, which is what we're probably going to title it, like Days of Future Past is a time travel movie. Hard stop. Fair enough. All right. What's your next pick? No, it's your turn again. We're sharing. Oh, that was an actual shared pick. Okie doke. Then I'll go to another one that I don't think I've ever talked about on the episode before. Okay. And I, you know, my these are all super giveaway clues this week i can't i didn't make anything too stumpy but we'll go with uh a dozen simians i have a, <laughs> so this is in my contender pong if it's the same one and i wrote a demi a dozen semiformis <laughs> well, i don't know what that word means is it the 12 monkeys is a 12 monkey yeah yeah it's, yeah, like, yeah it's one of their classifications oh oh well done i was thinking about going with bonobos mm, those are good those are or dumb. mandrill uh, so 12 Monkeys in your Pong? Uh, it's in Pong, yep. And I've, I'm not mistaken, I don't think we've talked about this one before. Never once. This is a... By the way, what I've also learned is like this is one of those movies that didn't really like make it from a zeitgeist perspective. Like People don't know about this movie. I'm actually just realizing right now i got to show it to Sam because I think there'd be a lot of love for that. But I think 12 Monkeys was one of those... I remember the first time I saw this movie and just like what is happening here, right? It's it's Terry Gilliam doing like, it, it's. I think it might be peak Gilliam because so much of the other work he's done is just too far out there. You know, they're just not really, for lack of a better word, approachable movies, like sure. Buffalo Banzai, Time Band, like Time Bandits, which I don't know where it is on your list, but if it, if it shows up, I have, some, I have many issues with it as a movie. Um, not on my list at all. Have you even seen it? No. Uh, I saw it in the theaters. What? Did, when did that come out? You had to be young. Yeah. And it was kind of scary, actually, when I was a kid. It's like, it's like uh, an early 80s movie. What were you, like seven? Yeah. Probably. Yikes. Hey, Gen X, we watched some crazy, crazy <laughs> stuff. Go rewatch The Dark Crystal. 
and, and oh, dude, that movie's terrifying. That movie's terrifying. It's always been terrifying. <laughs> like that, Atreyu. I oh, mean, yeah, yeah. Eighties are rough. So, uh, Twelve Monkeys though comes out, and you know you've got Bruce Willis coming off movies like Die Hard, playing just an insanely different Bruce Willis. You got Brad Pitt in his first truly kooky role. Yeah, right? he was he was a little goofy in Thelma and Louise, but that was such a serious movie that it just didn't really land what his potential was as an actor. And the concepts in this movie, I think, are brilliant. It really uh, holds itself together from that what happened, past, future, crazy world. And everything about the ambiguity of the ending yep. is just, I, I want, the only word I want to say is like gorgeous. It's just such a, it's just such a well done ending. Yeah. So uh, I have this in Pong. I don't remember it strong enough to talk about it at length, but. I do think that like if you saw if you showed this to someone and said this is how Gilliam works, I think they would be like, oh, he's a master. Like he must be one of the best directors of all time because it's a really I like I remember that. I also have always felt like this movie got Brad Pitt Fight Club. Ooh, that's that's an I I would say this movie was impactful for both their careers. Oh, definitely for sure. I think this gave Bruce Willis a bit more range in the kinds of things he ended up doing in the two thousands beyond. And I think you're you're probably well. I, I don't know if you're right or not, but I think it definitely woke us all up to this. Brad Pitt guy isn't just a pretty face. You know, he can do yeah all over the map kind of acting. Because he did like he did seven and this in the same year, and I always, <laughs> and I think seven just eclipsed this movie for all the zeitgeisty reasons, right? Like I think sure. it's just like I I don't think the world could tolerate that much Brad Pitt in one year, so they just had to pick one movie and they picked seven. Um, just because you know what's in the box, uh, but I think that like the the, the crazy dark like nut stuff in this, like the the unhingedness in this, I think probably was the thing that you watched. I I don't know that it actually had anything to do with it, but when like when you watch Fight Club, it's like oh yeah, this is like the smooth version of that crazy dude. Like it's the same guy. It's great, right? That's fine. There's an interesting comment. I was listening to one of the rewatchables a couple of months back, but talking about Brad Pitt's career. And how after movies like this and Seven, he he's had a very different career than a lot of other A-list actors. He doesn't he doesn't you know if you think about it, there's not a Brad Pitt role that's like a signature Brad Pitt. Like you know George Clooney did Danny Ocean, yep. But you don't really think of Pitt's character the same way. He was great, right? Oh, I don't know. I love Rusty, man. But it's but it's Ocean's Eleven. It's Ocean's Eleven. 11. That's yeah, that's true. That's definitely true. Yeah, fair. That's you fair. Know. Like there's and that's sort of the interesting point with other A listers. You could usually be like, oh, he's that, he's that, he's that as like famous characters. And I I say I think that Pitts are a lot more. I don't want to say ambiguous, ambiguous, but a little less like classic leading roles. Yeah, and that, that's what they were saying is that he's really sort of designed his own career in a very non-traditional way and has taken tons and tons of chances. And that may have hurt him from not being, having his own Indiana Jones, Jason Bourne, etc. So just, it was an interesting thought. Cause when I think about Pitt, like the first movie that comes to mind anymore is now actually just Moneyball, um, which that's isn't so, his best performance. No, that's so funny. I, yeah. I don't know what I would say. I think 
Fight Club probably come. I think that would probably mm. be the first thing I would think of is Fight Club still. But yeah, now that you say it, like he does a lot of weird stuff. And one of the things about him apparently is that he is easy to work with. He, yeah, everyone he loves goes, him. Right, he's willing to take weird parts. Like, yeah, doesn't he have? A, doesn't he get like electrocuted in, he's in Deadpool or something? Yeah, he's in Deadpool. Four seconds. Yeah, he was in Deadpool for four. There's another. I was just talking about this too. There's another story of him being in some random thing, like where he just like does cameos for no reason because he doesn't care. He's like, yeah, whatever. Right. Oh, Jackass. He was in Jackass. Oh, was he? I didn't yeah, he got he like gets thrown in like, in a cart and like Brad Pitt just jumps out because he doesn't care. Like he's just having a good time. Like yeah, by all accounts, he's like the best person on the planet. Yeah, and apparently he'll just take roles because he thinks they're interesting, which is just what you want an actor to do. Like just so good. Yeah, love it. All right, great pick. What's next? Okay, I'm gonna do. This is the one that I have like the strongest belief in. I think, and I also think you might disagree. So this could be fun. Mm. Uh, Luminous plasma spheroid adventure. Luminous plasma sphere spheroid adventure. Luminous. I'm looking at all of my movies right here just so you know, <laughs> and I don't think this works. This is a, a title translation. It's a title translation. Luminous, so light, maybe. Oh, is this something? Something stars light. Uh, the light between the stars or something like that. Luminous star adventure. Luminous. What is it, JT? Star I'm Trek. Today. Star Trek. Oh, just Star Trek. Star Trek. <laughs> the reboot. The, the 2009. JJ. Yeah. So okay. here's why. Let's go. I actually think of all of the movies that I could think of back to the future being an exception because they actually were kind of brilliant. Uh, this is the, what Abrams was able to do in this, I thought was nothing short of pretty amazing and most importantly, really concisely explained to the audience. And it was actually dope because what he managed to do was have it so that this exists in the same universe as the other Star Trek. And he made that make sense. And he That's was like, true. listen, the future's not 100% set, so this actually can still happen. Like, So when you get Leonard Nimoy coming back, it's like, oh, no, this is all happening in the same time, and now the timeline is now different. Like, it was clean. I was like, that tracks. No pun intended. I was like, that actually tracks. You made this make sense. You didn't make it a crazy time travel movie. However, sick, dude. Really sick. And I happen to think 2009, that, that first one, I think I stand behind that. I would stand behind that movie. That's a really, really well done franchise movie. Like it's, it's a great movie. It's might be the best reboot of all time. Yeah. It's gotta be freaking close, man. That movie is pretty close to pixel perfect. Like there's not a lot of the good, great fan service in the right way. Again, he looped the fan service thing into time travel and made it fit the story. It was so well, like even watching it the first time, I was like, that's impressive, dude. That's like a hard thing to do well, period, let alone introduction of a character. It was great. It was so cool. It was such a cool thing that he was able to actually make sense of it as opposed to like a, 
here's Leonard Nemo. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, right. like it wasn't it wasn't kitsch at all. It was like, oh no, this is actually like helpful in the story. It moved the story forward. It held like it held water. I was like, this is good, man. It's good. The more I thought about doing this list, I'm like, heck, that might be the best version of this. Like, it's a fair point. It is a great movie. Um, the the tightness of the story. I think, by the way, one of the other things that never gets talked about much. I think Hemsworth performance in the first 10 minutes is phenomenal. So good. Right. So good. Uh, actually, I also find it, it's like an emotional one too. I think, is it Tom Skerritt who plays the, yes, the older, I love Tom Skerritt. So good. Perfectly cast here too. Like it is Tom Skerritt, right? I now, now that I'm thinking of it, I have Tom Skerritt in my head and I don't think you're right. If it's not, it's discount. If it's not, it's discount Tom Skerritt. What is that? But it's a good pick. I, I did not have this. I had seen it on lists when I went into research mode and I just sort of like, I was like, oh, that's not really a time travel movie. But the, as you started talking, I was like, yeah, that, that's a miss on my part. Well done. Good pick. Good pick. Hey, thanks. It's Tom Scarrett, isn't it? I'm looking. No, it's Bruce Greenwood. Oh, right. Discount Tom Scarrett. Discount Tom Scarrett. Yeah. Okay. What's next? Oh, my list. Ay, ay, ay. Clinton and Roosevelt's Great Time. Clinton and Roosevelt's Great Time. Clinton and Roosevelt. I have no idea. First names for Clinton and Roosevelt. George. Not that Clinton. Oh, Bill, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. <laughs> Great clue, and I'm just dumb. I just think it's awesome that you went to George Clinton as your uh, yes. <laughs> I mean, you could have gone with Roger, but, you know, at least George was a... Uh, was I a went straight guest. for the Parliament Funkadelics and ignored entirely the, uh, you know, really important figure in history because he was a president of the United States. I'm fine. Everything's fine here, guys. We're doing great. Go ahead, Jer. All good. <laughs> What can you say? I mean, I know this is not as much your movie as it is mine. Yeah, it's a fast five. But, but to me, this is when you talk about a perfect time travel storyline. I'm going to go with this is a pretty damn perfect uh, time travel storyline. It's it's it holds itself in its own rules perfectly. Yep. So, however absurd the movie might be, and taking people in and out of history and the time, phone booth, whatever, it doesn't like fine. It's it's schlock. Who cares? But from a time travel narrative, right, the the introduction introduction of the concept, hey dude, remember we gotta drop the keys off at my take the keys from my dad. And like, okay, well, well, after this is all done, we'll come back and get and do that or whatever. And then using that as a construct as sort of like this Deus Ex Machina, but in a fun way, like they kind of let themselves off the hook without you feeling like, ugh, they're just cheating. Because they are just cheating, but who cares? Because you know, San Dimas High School football rules. That's right. <laughs> that should have been my five words. That should have been your five words. This is a great pick. I knew you. I knew you would pick this. Um, I, I wouldn't have picked it anyway, just because, like you said, like for, I do like this movie, but like it doesn't. It's not lore for me. It's like a movie I've seen a couple of times. It's fun. I still haven't seen the sequel. Like I, it's just not a. It just wasn't a thing. I was like, you know, it's cool. I like it. I like it, but. Not like a big thing. 
I haven't seen the third one. I've seen the original. The third, sequel. I, that's the one I meant. Sorry, the third one, like the new one with the when they're right. older and stuff. Well, we should pretend that the original sequel didn't happen because it was terrible. That's my my. I've never seen it. So. Oh, I saw the opening night in theaters. Oh, you poor thing. That was probably just well. If you loved if you loved any of these movies, and remember yeah. the eighties and nineties, all you did was go see go see these kind of things. That's you know? true. That is true. So I want to watch the third, but I also sort of don't care. It just sort of hits this. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Like one time, I'll just put it on. I want it to be better than I know it's going to be, and that's part of why. Like sure. I know it'll be fine. I know it won't be bad because the reviews are. It's fine. It's fine. But it's it's not. It's sort of like one of those, just because we could doesn't mean we should, you know, entries. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Good pick. All right. All right. Um, I like really want, I have one that I'm really proud of and one that I'm less proud of, but I kind of want to do anyway. And I don't know. Ah, whatever. Uh, a primary belief. A primary Belief. Oh, is this uh, is this tenant? It is tenant. I have tenant in here with a question mark, like literally as a do I want this or not in my. Uh, in he, my so list. so here's the thing. First of all, Christopher Nolan loves time stuff. Hard stop. It's just like a thing he likes a lot. Uh, the first time I saw tenant, I was like, I was thoroughly entertained. I'm like, that's pretty good. I was like, I like that movie. I like that movie. It's like, it's got all the Nolan stuff. It hits all the Nolan notes. I really like the casting. It's an interesting concept. There's an interesting idea. I like the bad guys, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Then I watched it again. And I was like, oh boy, this is good. Like, this is real clever. This is a very clever movie, which it's Nolan. So like, duh. But then I watched it again. (laughs) Because I was like, I think I was like, because it's weird. I was like, the first time I was like, that's a fun movie. And the second time I'm like, is this a really good movie? Or do I hate this movie? I don't know. It could be both. And so I watched it a third time. And I was like, no, this is like a really good movie. This is like a, this is like one of his better movies. I think he kind of crushed this like in a big way. I, I agree with everything you said. So I've only seen it twice now. My first time through was... I'm curious, did you have subtitles on for any of the viewings? No. So if you do watch it one more time, turn them on. Because okay, e- even he has said there are points in the movie where the audio is deliberately almost unintelligible. Sure. That's definitely a thing that happens in that movie for sure. Yeah. Like almost Bane level unintelligible kind of thing. My So the third time, my best version of watching this, which is going to sound crazy, but I think it's because of like the intimacy, weird choice of words, was on an iPad. Like I watched oh. it on my desk on an iPad during like my lunch over like two days. Like I sort of like watched it three days and I like I was it's so tight and you're so close and it's right in front of my face. Like I actually think it was better than the sit back experience because I was Interesting. so hard into it. That it was like I felt closer to it. It's a really interesting track, man. <laughs> it, it, it is. The best analogy I've heard that put it into the right framework for me is to think of it. And, and this is what uh, Nolan said. It's a Bond movie. Yeah. Yup. Sure. Well, I love that. Right? It's a Bond movie. It's the shtick only works because you have to just let it work. And just like 
you know, the gadgets and all the other variety of things that are semi nonsensical in those kind of movies. But you know, it's, it's, it's the hero. It's a, it's a hero saving the world, right? Like that's, that's what's happening here. Yeah. Um, and the first time I saw it, I was like, okay, very clever, <clears throat> very clever, but is this just a shtick? And the second time I watched it, I decided it was not. And I need to watch it one more time because it is one of those movies that each time you watch it, you just start to understand not just the con- concept more, but the relationship between different like points of the story, yep. where things were happening. So I have one question, though, that, that bugs me about Tenet. So the next couple of minutes may, are spoiler-ish. I'm just going to say that. Like, if you've never seen Tenet, please skip over, like, Two, three, five minutes. Till it sounds like we're not talking about Tenet anymore. Okay. So, Robert Pattinson's character. Yeah, who, by the way, is such a good actor, and I really like him a lot, actually. He was, and he was this great. This made me this. like him. I liked him before. This made me really like him. He was great in this. So, let's talk about this, because it's about the time travel, or timey, whatever we're calling this with this movie. So... At the end of the movie, there's a conversation, again, spoilers, there's a conversation between him and the protagonist, which is the actual name of that character. Correct. Which you learn, by the way, while watching it with subtitles. (laughs) Fun. So there's a conversation that they've gone on adventures together, right? Yep. And so future, um, future protagonist spends time recruiting, right? The whole thing is that he plans all of Tenet. He is Tenet, right? right? It's the mysterious code he sends back to himself. So, you know, spoilers, told you. Sorry. What do you want me to do? <laughs> I cannot have warned you more. The, the interesting thing I realize is, so the way their reversing of time works is you have to live all of it backwards, Right. Right. So I believe that at some point later in this storyline, Robert Pattinson basically goes in some kind of like one of those shipping containers for years. Yeah. Right? Like if they, let's just say that their next adventure is a year long. That means he has to go back that entire year, plus the entire amount of Tenet's actual storyline, all the way back to the opera house sequence. Yep. Right? Yeah. And I, 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 I should go Google that because I'm sure that's actually documented and how long it all took and everything. But I was I was thinking about that like that's unpleasant. That's really unpleasant. Yeah, that would that would be brutal. Right. And it could have been like five years for all we know. Could have been. So yeah. I hope he had his iPod loaded with movies. Hey, probably. Um well another thing on this was uh John David Washington's a really good actor. Oh yeah. I didn't know until after reading reviews of this that he was Denzel's son. Yeah, he sure and is. And then I was like, there's not a lot of cases where you're getting father, son, also, like the Sheens, Yep. you know, uh, uh, Douglas's, a couple others. Not a ton. No. And he's Although I, real good. He is really good. You know I'm liking is Maya Hawk, who was in Stranger Things. Yeah. Who's Ethan and Uma's daughter. Which tracks, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. So, kind of good choice, buddy. Thanks. I have this in the, I don't know where it fits in my list because it's Tenet and that's just kind of the movie it is. That's literally how that movie feels. I don't know where it fits in anything, but I just, it's interesting. <laughs> yeah. So, last one for me, just really not nothing. 
Just really not nothing. It's not a literal translation word by word. It's just sort of like an emphatic clue. Everything? Uh Uh-huh. All at once? Uh Uh-huh. Movie I haven't seen that you told me I have to see because I'm going to like it? Uh Uh-huh. Everything everything all at once, all the time? What's it called? (laughs) Everything, everywhere, all at once. That's the one. Everything, yeah, that one. That one. Yeah. So we watched it last weekend. And I'm just gonna say you gotta watch it. I won't tell. Mu- I won't talk much about it. Okay. Uh, so spoiler free in every way. Uh, Michelle Yeoh is great. I've always liked her. She's great. I'm gonna leave this. The uh, male lead in this movie is is a. We've seen him before in in other roles a long time ago. You may or may not piece it together. I recommend looking it up after you've seen it. Yeah, I will. Or if you don't out. figure it out. I figured it out while watching, which is a really fun little uh, uh, teaser, especially because there's like a Gen, if there's a Gen X Gen X connection in here that okay. you'll get. Okay. Um, but the acting's good. The story is very creative. It's it, there's so much nuance to it. I went reading a ton about it because I just got all obsessed with it. It's got I never remember her name. Uh, um, John Ralphio's sister from uh, uh, Parks and Rec. Oh, Jenny Slate. Yes, Jenny Slate. Thank you. She's fun in it. Uh, the uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is in it. Also great. Crazy. And it takes these stories. It's 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 a multiverse story that just does really clever things with itself. Uh, does that nice blend that I talk about sometimes, where it's like takes itself seriously by giving itself some rules but also is very playful. Like there's ridiculousness throughout this movie. That's probably on par with that scene in multi in uh, multiverse of madness where they're going through all the different universes. Oh, cool. Okay. There's a lot of playfulness like that. It, it's, you know, I read this somewhere else. And so it's, it's not original by me, but this is basically much closer to what multiverse of madness should have been is what is what this movie should have been. Okay. I'm in. And then the last thing, and this is not not meant as a spoiler, but having, again, gone off and read about it. So when you think of everything in this movie, so that everything, everywhere, all at once, the everything, part of what it's referring to is this is a massive cross-genre blend of a movie. And as you watch it, I encourage you to think about that because thinking about it in retrospect, I was like, oh, that's cool. Now I want to see it again with that mindset on. Um, and I highly recommend thinking about it that way. Okay, I'm in. Yeah, this there is one go. of those things that I, I don't have a good reason for not seeing this yet because a lot of people that I trust who have seen this have been like, oh, you're going to like this movie so much. And I was like, okay. Yeah, it's it's well done. And the daughter who, I don't know if she's in other things, but the daughter's performance, this is phenomenal. Okay, sick. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. All right. All right, so this is my last one. And it's the one that I'm most excited for. Uh, won't talk about it long. I don't think I've ever actually mm-hmm. talked about this movie though. Mm-hmm. No. Oh, no. I was sure your last entry was Spider Verse. So thought about it, but decided not to because of this movie, Democracy of Dummies. Idi- idiocracy. Idiocracy. I have issues with this, but go on. We'll so, talk about it. so here's the so first. I have all, a love hate. I'll just say that. Go on. Okay, that's fair. So I listen. I, I just love this movie. It's so stupid. This movie's so stupid. But like Mike Judge, Ethan Cohen, it's it's fantastical. It's stupid. 
but like intentional. There's a lot like the subtext of this movie is absolutely stunning and brilliant and incredibly well done. Uh, I do think the acting was actually very funny. Uh, even like Justin Long's performance as the doctor always makes me laugh. Like, and I thought it was a fun take on time travel because of this whole like, you know, hibernation program forgotten about. It's a fun way to, to access time travel instead of doing something like really fantastical and crazy right. and whatever. It's like, uh, oh, we froze him and oh no, it worked, but forgot. And then it's like, you just wake up into this Mountain Dew like, you know, kicking in the nuts world. And it's hysterical. And there's a lot of really interesting stories I won't get into about like how they buried this movie and like why it didn't do well and how hard they tried to not make like it's there's like a whole history of like what happened with this movie. And now it's like a cult classic. Like there's like I think there's people who have heard of this and adore it. And I'm not a defender of the movie. Like whatever issues you take with it, I probably would agree with. But I also just think it's very funny. Like I think it's a very funny movie. What uh, can you give the like the thirty second or less version of the, what what do you mean when they try to bury it? Like I don't I don't know any of that. So so yeah the the my understanding of it is that the once this movie actually was like made like the studio hated it, uh, so they put no marketing behind it. They released it like on a Thursday or something. <laughs> like it, they literally like tried to make this movie just. They were contractually obligated to release it, but they tried to make it go away. Because they didn't, they just didn't like it. Like by the time Judge and Cohen had finished it the way they wanted, they were like, "We hate this." And Mike Judge was like, "I don't care. Like this is the movie." So it like never got, it never got a chance. Like it never got a chance to actually be a well received film. And then blockbuster. So you know, it became, it became what it is. Which is exactly, I think, like Dax talks about it on his podcast a lot. Like the, it's, it's where it's supposed to be. Like this movie landed where it was supposed to land over time. But at the time, for all these actors who were really excited about doing this big thing with Mike Judge attached and Ethan Cohen, sure. and then it just like, you know, did like it did like two weeks in theaters or something like that. Like they really buried it. Wow. Yeah, it's rough. So first of all, one of the best opening bits of a movie of all time. Of all time. Of all time. I've showed. I've sent people because it's all you can find on YouTube pretty easily. I've sent people that many times over. It's so good. It's in a way just getting scarier and scarier every every time we see it, but you know, uh, you know that there's actually uh Mike judge actually said something like I did not, you know, I wasn't actually hoping for this to happen or something. Like right. That. Yeah. Yeah. Right. What I, the, the truth is this is one of those, it's sort of like an SNL bit to me. It's like the last half of the movie is a little, it has the same issue that, that a movie like that stripes has, which is one of my actual favorite movies the the action you know third act is just poorly done no argument that that's my big beef with it it's funny it's clever uh, you know i would have just preferred it to stay more of just constant gags with a simple kind of ending as yeah. opposed to this whole like i mean there's so much it's so well quoted too that for for what it was like you can't no if you've seen this movie you cannot possibly think about electrolytes that's correct without thinking about this movie that's correct that's correct. I still, every time I see Terry Crews, who's gone on to have like this wild career. Comanche. It's still Comanche. Like you're just, that's just who you are. Like forever. What's the whole thing? Do you have the whole thing? Hector. Um, it was. Pro- Elizondo. <laughs> yeah, I don't, it was. Comanche. President Camacho Mountain Dew or whatever it was. I, um, Mountain Dew's in there. I think there's a Hector and I think there's an L like. Yeah, there's a lot. Something it was a like lot. that. Yeah. It was great. So good. Yeah. 
So yeah, that's my whole thing with it. It's just, I wish I had a different sort of half second and third act. Yeah, I think that's fair. The one thing I did like about this movie and in, in looking into it again, because I haven't thought about it in a while, uh, is it's like under 90 minutes. Like it's an appropriately long bit that they they definitely not butchered, but they, they just didn't need to do what they did in the last 35 minutes. They probably could have just made that. They could have ended the movie in an hour. Or probably, they, or they could have like, you know, just basically that the, the action sequence is actually really fair. None of that needed to happen. But can I just throw this out there right now that just sort of came to my head? And I always a little bit, little think about the Rotch Bowls and their stick. If they were to make Idiocracy the series, it would be great. Oh, they cr- yeah, it would crush. It would crush. My favorite moment of this whole movie, by the way, it's a very subtle one that Luke Wilson. I don't remember who he's talking to. But it's in the background, you're seeing sort of the city, and there's this highway that goes to nowhere. Yeah. And like literally, they didn't finish building, and people keep driving on it and keep falling off the edge of it. Yep. It was my, it, I don't think I've laughed harder at many things <laughs> than when the first time I saw that. Even thinking about it, it makes me just kind of smile. Yeah. Because I, you, you, the more you think about that little sequence, the more it like, why do people keep driving on this road? Has no one thought to close this road yet? Yeah. Uh, you know, where are people expecting to happen? Does nobody tell any, like, and then you're like, yeah, cause they're that dumb. Well, that it's was, like, okay. there's that moment. There's like two or three others in the movie too, that are like, are like Monty Python moments for me where it's like just the, the absolute complete absurdity is beyond reproach. Like you just cannot mess with it. It's like, yep, that's, that's perfect. That's a, per- that like that scene, that's a perfect scene. <laughs> like, that's a perfect scene. There you go. All right. Well, I guess we'll have some overlaps in Pong, so I'm going to deliberately avoid the overlaps as long as I can. We'll start with... Uh, I'm going to change this up right now. <laughs> this is funny for me, at least. Uh, JavaScript. JavaScript. C- code... Hackers, code, code? Yeah. yeah. Code zero. Original JavaScript? Oh, no. I don't know what this is. Source code. Never seen it. Have you heard of it? No. Jake Gyllenhaal? Love him. Um, uh, for, uh, Vera Farmiglia? Uh, oh. Farmiglia? Vera Farmiga. I don't know her name, but she's great. I feel bad not knowing her name on the spot. So this is a really weird time travel. It's got a little Groundhog Day-ness to it, but not not like not too much. Okay. So there are some repeated moments, but um, I, and well, now that I know you haven't seen, I don't want to say too much about it. It's one of those. It's an, another movie that just sort of went under the radar. It's poorly named. Like that makes no sense why it's called Source Code. It could just be called any other thing. Okay. It's, it's up there with firewall as two of my worst name movies that leverage technology terms completely incorrectly. Perfect. Love that. Yeah. So maybe I don't want to go much further than that. I'm just going to say you should give it a watch. It's on one of the streaming services. Okay. I'll watch it. Uh, my first one is cliff of day after today. Cliff of day. Yep. Cliff of Day 
after today. Edge of tomorrow? Edge of tomorrow. Look, dude, you cheated this entire episode. I'm, I, I'm, Why? I'm, I'm, I'm filing protests. There's shenanigans are are occurring here. Yeah, but like you asked me, I listen. When you asked me if we were doing time loop, it was because I did it a week ago and I forgot what I did until I saw my list this morning again. So you know, sorry. I'm, I'm gonna go find your exact tw- uh, uh, text to me, which where I said. So time loops, and you wrote no. no. No, no, no. I'm not disagreeing with what I said. I'm saying I forgot what my list looked like until we did this. Also, it's in Pong. Who cares? Okay, fine. <laughs> I would talk. I could talk about Edge of Tomorrow for hours. This is I, another under the radar movie. Did poorly in theaters. So good. I actually cannot believe how I I watched this movie because you said that to me once, and I was like, "There's no way that's that good." And I watched it, and I was like, "Oh my god, that was a really good movie." I, I'm. I think I'm at least five viewings of it now. And Good. It. I'll watch it again in a heartbeat. It's fun. It's there. There these movies like these where somehow action sequences where you kind of know what's going to happen and yet it's still just fun to watch over and over again. It's a good movie. I'm sorry. I should. I, I did cheat on that. What's good? You were such a cheater. That's okay. Fine. All right. Fine. Uh, estimated time of arrival. Yes. Didn't see it. Have you seen this one? No. Also really good. It plays with time in a really clever way. It was almost top five for me because when I think just about the how they how time is told in the story, it's so well done. It's it's a good movie, man. I, th- well, this is like this got Oscar buzz. Like this is a good good movie. I know that. I just haven't yeah, for yeah. some reason. I just haven't seen it. And it's by uh, Villeneuve who does Dude. He did this movie in preparation of doing Dude. That's right. Yeah, I actually so. have read that. All right, mine is a driving age plus one repeated. Driving age plus one. Nine, is that 19, 17, forever? 17? So is there a movie called 17 forever? 17 again. 17 again. Oh, is that like a Zach? Is that Zach Efron? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't know of this. This is not, I don't know anything about this movie. So it's a, it's like a kid comedy movie. It's Zac Efron and Chandler from friends whose name I always forget. Um, and Judd Apatow's wife, Leslie Mann. Uh, it's actually really cute. It's like a cute kid comedy movie. It's actually really cute. And it's a, family it's friendly, super family friendly. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Basically uh, Chandler bang slips and hits his head and winds up 17 again. But in the body of Zac Efron? Well, that's that's who he was when he was 17. He was Zac Efron. So right. him and his wife are having things, and he hits his head, and he goes back, and he re- rediscovers a da-da-da-da-da and fun stuff, and it's, it's cute. That's fun. It's cute. I'll it's actually that. a really cute time travel movie. Like, it's a silly time travel movie. All right. Family's super into those right now, so I'll definitely give it a watch. It's fun. All right. I, I'm – you know what? I'm going to – I'm changing on the fly just 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 because. Just because. I'll go with moving entrances. Moving entrances. Oh, I really like this. I really, really like this clue. Moving entrances. Something doors? Yes. Sliding doors. Yes. Hmm. Haven't seen it? Once. Long time. So this one was, this one hit my multiverse because that's basically what it is. Sure. And 
I'm going to say this. It's not actually a great movie by any means. It's a, it's a fine movie. Okay. But people refer to things nowadays with like a sliding doors moment. I've heard that phrase used so many times. Like I do it, right? I'll think about certain moments in my career and my, you know, the time we almost moved to Bali. Like those are my sliding doors moments, right? It's not like, what did I have for lunch? But it's those, what if our life had gone that way? You know, what if I never moved to the States? What if, whatever. So I wanted, I, I thought it deserved the nod for becoming sort of the brand. It's, you know, it's the Kleenex of, of alternate universe brands. That's right. It's what, it's what, yeah, that's, it's the namesake, the iPod, if you will. The moniker. Good job. All right. Thank you. Um, I learned a lot more of those words, by the way, because of Learn League. I believe. always use, yeah. I believe that. (laughs) This titular movie. (laughs) Uh, Thoroughly educated odd healer. Thoroughly educated odd Mm -hmm. healer and this is based on the title Mm -hmm. oh my goodness i don't even know what you're talking about thoroughly okay so thoroughly educated smart intelligent thoroughly educated aware uh, versed knowledgeable smart uh brain Wikipedia. <laughs> I'm drifting here. I'm off in Delail. <laughs> Siri. <laughs> no, odd, uh, odd healer is the better. Just focus on that. Odd healer. Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. There he is. There he is. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So it was thoroughly educated. I see now. Yeah, yeah. Now like a it. thoroughly educated healer. That's odd. I get you. You're right. clever. Thanks. Uh, so this is one of the one of the other two movies that I was kind of like, um, it's great. I really liked it. It's got you know, multiversey things. Like it's fun, but not yeah. like not like best of. But you know, notable. Which which of the strangers? The first or the second? Second, because they they both have. You know, the mirror dimension sort of. Yeah, but the first one didn't count enough for me. The first one, the first one was like a nod to what they did in the second one. The thing with Multiverse of Madness is that like there's a lot of parts. So there are some things in it I didn't like actively where I was like, no. And then there was other things I did where I was like, sick. And so because of that, like the sick parts overwhelm the meh parts for me. So it's still pretty good. So what's one of the sick parts? I mean, the entire dropping in between dimensions, that entire scene is one of the coolest things they've ever done in any Marvel, Marvel movie ever. And what's one of the meh ones? Um, basically, the entire premise that, like, you can just, like, continually... It's, it's like a never-ending... Like, they could just solve the problem. That's my biggest problem is, like, there's all these different dimensions you can slip in and out of time, including, like... So it's not just going in inner dimensions, but it's, like when you go into dimensions is a thing that you can control, which kind of feels like you could just always go backwards and just kill the thing that is mm. your problem. Like before it exists. And what's your take? Cause I know this one, people are, are split on this. Did you like Wanda as, as villain or not? Um, yes. Yes. Okay. I did. I, I and I yeah. think her performance was, was, so Amazing. her performance was incredible, like genuinely incredible. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't see any reason not to. I mean, I, I Wanda is a 
interesting character in Marvel in general, just because the most powerful thing on the planet. So anytime that she's involved, there's going to be some sort of like, uh, there's always going to be an issue like right. for Marvel people. Right. I mean, that's the entire, the, the entire end game thing. Right. And this is like sure. between her and Captain Marvel. Just fix this. <laughs> like, the, yeah. The, um, you know, I, th- I agree. I, I, obviously we both liked her performance. I thought it was fun to see to me. It was this, this arc, this narrative was on par with like the original dark Phoenix, story, not mm-hmm. the movie, the, the dark Phoenix saga, which is just like, Taking taking a great character, one you you know, one who started this sort of unimportant, you know, right, totally OP the entire time with a miscellaneous set of powers that don't ever seem to make too much sense. But once you look past that part, and you sort of have to, I thought she was great. Uh, I'm with you on on my biggest criticism of this movie is just not enough multiverse. Like, yeah, the the truth is they had those cool little you know one through 10 funky, you know, special effects scenes. Yep. And then ended up on earth with like some backward colors and stuff. Yeah. Like their earth wasn't like, Oh my goodness. You know, like, right. It was just sort of earth with green instead of red and more plants and yeah. Weird, weird signposts and stuff. And I was like, it's cool, but you, you know, that's a phoned in multiverse in my opinion. Yeah. But it was one of those. Yeah. It felt like they had to make that one, the one that they spend the most time in, they didn't want to spend a lot of time creating. They were like, right. "Yeah, just turn the sign upside down. We'll be fine." <laughs> yeah, like give me ten minutes of sequences in the in the paint paint verse. Yeah, like really and lean into the whole thing. Then you got me. Yeah, agreed. Mixed colors a little. All right. Well, do you want to have a quick MCU chat about some of the other entries? Because I know they're sort of no. All right. Yeah, I think we've we had that. We've done the MCU thing. All right. Well, then I'm going to promote one last movie. I think I have one last pick. Yeah, if my numbers are right, uh, to AMFM radio mm. flyer. Mm. That's, oh, a, that's good. Not about time travel, but a good movie. <laughs> uh, no, in this case, I meant frequency. Frequency. I was going to say frequency. I have not seen this movie. So this is this was actually a decent hit at its time. It's uh, Dennis Quaid, who we love. Love Dennis Quaid. And uh, Jim Caviezel, who's a decent actor, but I don't think ever really made it as big as I think he could have. Anyhow, it's a very simple story of the they're basically father and son. They're communicating across a present and a past. And they do a nice job of sort of that same Back to the Future-y way of like things can affect in sort of a real time, you know. Uh, and it's different. It's just a different take on these things. It's much more like the relationship between the father and son. There's obviously this big mystery and, and uh, like the, it is a thriller suspense. I don't know what category goes. It's not really a thriller. It's, it's a time travel suspense action drama. That's a lot of things. And I remember seeing it and really liking it. I've seen it one more time since and enjoyed it as well. It's not, you know, it's nowadays, I would say it's probably pretty pedestrian com- compared to other time travel stories, but it's definitely worth at least a, at least a, a lunchtime viewing. I'll say it that way. Okay. It's I'm worth in. a row. I'm a, it's worth a row. Uh, so that actually leads nicely into my next one, which I don't think you liked as much as I did, but uh, West or Sandler program. West 
Adam. Oh, uh, um, uh, oh, the one we just saw, Adam Project. Yeah, the Adam Project. Yeah. No. See, we've talked about it. Agreed. Yeah. It's it's fine. It's fine. I'm not anti it. It's a. I think it's a solid seven for me. Yeah, I think it for me it creeps towards eight. I th- this kid. I just like that kid so much. I like, like that the kid, kid a lot. so much. Like I want that yeah. kid to be protected and well cared for, but famous for a long time because he's hysterical, and I want him to do more things. Yeah, I want that kid, and I want that Mackenzie. I can't remember her name from uh, yeah. JoJo. She's so and then cool. I want that that kid from. Uh, I don't think you've seen it yet. The Wilder People movie. I've seen that. Uh, oh, I want that kid too. Who's also in Deadpool two? Who's in Deadpool two? Yeah, he's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, I think, I, so that was my last one. So now we got Fast Five. My Fast Five is dead because you actually. I, oh no, the only one that I still have is Donnie Darko. I have Donnie Darko in my Fast Five. I have Men in Black three. Oh right. Oh, right. I have a movie called Deja Vu with uh, Denzel. Oh, God. I forgot all about that movie. Oh, that's a pretty good movie. It's a pretty good movie. Um, I forgot all I have about yes, that movie. I have because it belongs in Fast Five, and I give it credit just for the premise but not the execution. Yesterday. Fair. It's good. Multiverse. Sure. You know. And then I sort of batched up Endgame, Spider-Man, No Way Home, and the Spider-Verse all into one last pick. So that, I'm cheating too. That's what I had. Like that was it was Endgames, Into the Spider-Verse, and, and No Way Home were the three yeah. other ones. Yeah. Okay. And we can talk about that. We've talked about all those movies a lot. Everybody here knows we love them. Yeah. And they do belong actually higher on the list. But you don't want to hear us talk about those same things over and over and over again. Because if we did that, it would be like a Groundhog Day loop, not a time travel episode. Yeah, JT. I get it. So as long as we're doing that, though, really quickly, if if we were doing loopy movies other than obviously Groundhog Day, would Looper – did you see Looper and did you like Looper? I'm so mixed on Looper. Same. I'm so mixed on it. Great performances, some really great concepts, some really disturbing, annoying concepts. Agreed. Um, and – but a base, my biggest problem there is the basic, basic premise – just doesn't fully work. You yeah. know, it, it 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 required too much suspension of like, well, wait, logistically, there's so many better ways to solve all of these problems. Yep. Like, you need a time travel body, just throw it straight into a volcano somewhere. Like, yeah. like you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. you don't have to have a dissection crew. You know, you didn't have to do those things. Um, I felt that the, the whole scene of like, that they put the guy in the, in the, in the, like a coma life support thing. It was just really disturbing. It bothered me as a concept. Agreed. Um, I mean, but it's also smart. It's like, it's, it is probably what evil minds come up with, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I think my favorite thing about that though, was the, um, those futuristic trucks that uh, go yeah. zooming down the roads because <laughs> believe it or not, there's now one traveling around the United States. Oh, really? There's an autonomous truck driving around the country right now. Sick. Love that. Yeah. All right. Well, well since- hopefully this one has a few human sensors since apparently they just don't bother with that in the looper world. In the looper world, they couldn't be bothered. It was just uh, it was just hammering at full speed. All right. Well, aside from me breaking all the rules, this was fun. Thanks for letting me break rules. Again. Tell me, doctor, where are we going this time? Talk.